0: The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edgeboost to get started today. We're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up for free with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com pool. That's birddogs.com pool. All right, already. Welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. Uh, good evening, College Baseball fans. It's not early in the morning with me. Uh, we're get, we're coming at you, basically an hour after last pitch in the Virginia Florida game, and I'm joined by a special guest because uh, now batting uh, special special pinch hitter. We called to the bullpen today. Uh, originally, we had him scheduled for tomorrow. I still think that's in the plans. NCA Insider's Finest, Matt Grissom. How are you doing tonight? And boy, did we have some amazing games on opening day.
1: Yeah, we did. Sweating that Florida game. I almost cashed it out, bet Virginia plus 120. I'm glad I didn't. That was, <laughs> you know, the hardest part, and we'll get into the guide, but I I just punch out these numbers to do our, our, our betting guide, and I never really get a chance to read through it, so – just gut reactions, uh, I put those out, and then I started looking through the guide, looking at the numbers again, and I was like, man, I wouldn't be surprised if both dogs won today. I ended up hitting plus one and a half on uh, on Oral Roberts, which they got it done, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think I tweeted out that I should cash out my 25 cents in equity in my Florida bet and bet Virginia, but, man, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, man. The Gators gave me a sweat, though.
0: Oh, both both of them were sweats. I was on TCU in game one, Florida game two. And I, I, I told you pre-show, I felt like any better today could have felt like they were slighted. Uh, you know, TCU felt like they were leading for most of the game or had some control in it. And then all of a sudden, the ninth inning, they're up five to two. And Oral Roberts takes it with two swings. It's now 6-5. And we had two six five finals today in Oral Roberts and Florida. Two ninth inning comebacks where Florida also came back there. Um, before we kind of recap some of these games, just for uh, some of the listeners' pleasure out there, uh, you have been covering uh, the game for quite some time this season. Uh, I'm sure you jumped on a couple of futures, or if you have a couple of plays that uh, you know you may have. We'll talk about Saturday's games in a second uh, later on in the show, but what else do you still have in play in this current field?
1: So I I attended the college baseball showdown, and that's about when I started placing my first bets of the year. Uh, I was really high on that TCU team. After that, I probably should have jumped on it with Ben Wilson. Shout out Ben at Vison. He got TCU forty to one. Uh, I hopped on him late. I got him at sixteen to one. That one looks dead in the water. And then my only preseason bet was on Tennessee. You know, you always hear about it's not last year's team that everybody thinks is going to win it all. It's the team after that. And so I jumped on Tennessee 7-1 before the season started with 1.8 units. Uh, that one I still don't know. I'm not too confident. But at the end of the day, I think if even if they lose the Skeens game, they're going to come back and probably have another shot at – beating LSU with Drew Beam, and then going on to face Wake Forest. Uh, brings me to my next one, one-and-a-half units on Wake. I got them at 10-to-1. Very jealous of your 30-to-1 play. <laughs> that that was spectacular. I've got two units on Florida, 11-to-1. And then I've got one unit on UVA at 25-to-1. So uh, I did have a couple losers. I had uh, Arkansas, which was my homer pick, and then I had South Carolina – and then Vanderbilt, but, you know, ultimately they didn't get it done, but we're still standing with five teams that they're in the field of eight. So I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely a very good spot. And I, <clears throat> the, the listeners know I, I've mentioned it a couple times on uh, the pre-tournament show and then the pre-College World Series show. Uh, they don't need to hear me harp back on it. But, uh, man, Griss, uh, with this – field i feel like i said it on the on the show before all eight teams here got here beating the format that they again have to beat to win the national championship In the regionals it's a four-team double elimination pool and then super regionals it's a best of three game series and then it's the same repeated uh two brackets in the college world series double elimination and the finals is a best of three TCU does seem a little bit dead in the water. (laughs) I have a a ticket on them too. But, man, with those two games today, all four teams on that one side of the bracket, it feels like most of these teams, if they play the same way, they're going to be pretty even throughout the week, I think. Yeah. So before we jump into kind of recapping some of uh, today's games on Friday and then previewing some of Saturday's games, I need to tell you about Edge Boost this episode Uh, is supported by them and they do a great job at supporting sgpn it's the world's first bet now pay later visa card edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances which can be an extremely valuable tool imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months double down on a favorite bet that you like or even use it to create an awesome middle or hedge Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark and they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that can access you more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll today by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/edge to sign up. That's slash edge you must be 21 or older to use it. If you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, so we kind of alluded to it here a little bit. Um, game one, it was amazing. TCU, Oral Roberts, Cole Clacker goes goes out there five. Only one strikeout, one walk. Um, and Jacob Hall, game manager, uh, you know, weathered the storm and allowed Oral Roberts to get into that bullpen, which is, I think, one of their strengths against the rest of this field here. Kate Denton. He had, he had a little bit of an issue in the, in the eighth inning, even got into some trouble in the ninth, but ended up closing the door. Grissom, what do you make out of that game?
1: Yeah, I wish they'd quit bringing, in Johnny said this, I wish they'd quit bringing K Denton in with bases loaded and <laughs> stuff. Like It just puts him in a really tough spot, but hats off to the kid. He ended up pulling it through. He's got a pretty wicked slider, so. Uh, that one where he caught it it was probably two feet off the plate and caught the dude chasing that that was spectacular I I don't know if he can go again in their next game but I think we'll see Harley Gollart is that the starter yeah. for Oral Roberts in the winner's bracket against Florida but look Hurston Waldrop is a, has been playing out of his mind so that's going to be one that uh, Oral Roberts is really going to be tested right there. I feel like they've they've had a pretty weak field so far throughout, and which is saying a lot, the fact that now we're into game two of the College World Series. But I think Florida is going to be a whole different monster for Oral Roberts to try to tackle.
0: Yeah, previewing that game, I don't know if they've seen an arm like Hurston Waldrop's with that kind of MLB talent. Uh in this game you had TCU jump out to one nothing lead and then in the 6th inning both teams got in on the party or are you Max uh his or are Mac McCroskey goes deep for two-run bomb he's on my fantasy team for anybody that listened to that first show uh he had 9 fantasy points today uh with that uh two-run tank and we in the in the 8th inning Started to feel a little bit good about that TCU play with Denton. Walking a couple guys. He hit a batter. Uh, three-run spot for TCU. And then Oral Roberts comes back with a four-spot. Blaze Brothers three-run bomb. Uh, I, I didn't know that you could hit a walk-off home run in the top of the ninth. Yeah. Place. Did you know that?
1: That was pretty cringy for uh, Carl, Ra- Carl Ravitch there. <laughs> not,
0: not one of his brightest moments there. No. Uh, Justin Quinn, uh, he had a good day for ORU. Uh, and he was on the max senators, money line max senators. He had seven points today, two doubles. He was four for five, scored a run for ORU. And then, uh, I mentioned Cole Klecker earlier, he had eight points for max team. And then Cole Fontenelle, he had the big solo home run. He actually had three RBIs for TCU, that was nine fantasy points for me. I didn't add up everything, I just took some of the key players from that game. He also had a walk, so yeah. TCU to the loser's bracket, ORU to face Florida. And we talked a little bit about that Florida game in the beginning as well. What a nail biter. Um, It was a pitcher's duel early. I think it had a little bit of everything you you had uh, for the, for the people that like to watch the pitching, it was a one, one game deep. And then you saw the offense start to take over. Virginia didn't play their game. They had a couple of doubles. They had a big inning there and the ninth, Eighth and ninth inning, a couple of bombs from Florida. They played their game. Grissom, anything to add here?
1: Uh Wyatt Lankford, man. He is he's a MLB All-Star in the making. That's yeah, about it. I mean, I Florida, you, you figured at some point their bats were gonna start clicking. And I'm glad to see that they did it in the ninth. I, I kind of had a feeling there when I guess what was the first guys who was the first home run, the solo shot. Florida, yeah, BT. Before was it Rypel that hit the solo? In the, um, nine, the first one?
0: Oh, in the solo. oh, in the night, the- yeah. yeah, he came off the bench,
1: yeah. So when, when he cut it, well, that, that would have cut it five four. You just had a feeling like, all right, Florida's got all the momentum, they're about yeah. to pour it on and uh, walk, hit by pitch, walk for tags, and then. It, it it was inevitable at that point. You know, Florida's Florida's uh, bullpen and everything was just sitting there watching, waiting on a miracle, and it, and it happened. The fly yeah. out scored the run. But, yeah, what a game, man. This yeah. this is probably going to be the most entertaining College World Series we've had in a long time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Virginia had a four spot in that seventh. Uh, like I mentioned, they had a, a couple of big doubles. And then in the ninth what we thought was going to be a huge insurance run from just kind of like a, a skyscraper uh, triple from Harrison Didowick. Um But that, so both bullpens looked quite shaky. Uh, Virginia, they rode out. Uh, jacob berry maybe jake berry a a little bit too long
1: uh
0: only got five outs gave up four runs on four hits he had a couple of walks Uh, i don't know he he might have mixed in a hit batter there as well but uh giving up three tanks he was getting hit hard uh and they went to wolf a little bit late and in the press conference after brian o'connor said he doesn't uh resent that however like wolf had been struggling lately and they trusted Barry just a little bit more, I feel. So just you let a reliever go through the order one one full time through because uh, then BT saw him twice and um, there might have been somebody else in that order that saw him twice. But uh, then Lou and got the – so it was just BT that saw him twice. That was a little bit questionable. Because didn't he hit? That was the hit batter. He hit BT, and then they changed uh, pitchers for Wolfhook, and Lou Kamen hits that sack fly to win it. So, uh, something else there that game had plenty of drama and the stars came out to play with Wyatt Langford hitting a 460 foot bomb onto the concourse there. Ethan Anderson and Casey Saki led UVA in rostered fantasy scoring. There may have been other higher scores here, but uh, for our fantasy draft the other week or the other day, I mean, uh, both who's had two points for the Senators. Wyatt Langford, I had him on my team, seven points from that huge home run in the ninth inning. And then The Burt Reynolds, Barracudas, the Colby's team, they picked up three points from Jack Caglione, who had a walk, uh, then singled in the ninth and scored the winning run. So uh, the Stars, they definitely came out to play. Before we uh, jump into Saturday's games, I need to tell you about Bird Dogs because they are stretchy, khaki shorts and are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit much better than regular shorts that are made stiff with restricting cotton fabric. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabrics that looks just like khaki shorts, but stretches so you can get a waist or fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-sweat stink, uh, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Um, these are perfect for when you have a multi event day going. I, I, I'm an avid golfer but also during the summer you have grad parties so if you go to golf and then hey your 4 hour round takes a little bit longer than you thought now the grad party's going at 3:30 your wife's getting a little pissed or your girlfriend's getting a little pissed that you guys are going to be a little bit late you don't have to change because these shorts aren't going to smell so go to birddogs.com/pool and our promo code pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order, that's birddogs.com/pool. For a free Yeti-style tumbler, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, Grissom. So I think the biggest thing I've ever like I've ever seen the most <clears throat> committed, most jam-packed information, uh, valuable, free guide for college baseball you guys have pumped out three of these now one for the regional one for the super regional and you all have one out for the college world series walk us through what it kind of is what's in there how it's going to help some dgens out there
1: well i started doing this three years ago it and really it got popular when it started winning people money as that you know gambling twitter you're only as good as your last win for people but my biggest thing was I wanted to research these teams. I wanted to know every single player, how they're trending, who the pitchers are going to be, because there's just no inv- – and you know this. I mean, you're helping try to get more information out there as well. But there's just no info for pitching, the biggest thing, in college baseball. You don't get, you know, like the XFiP Sierra for pitchers in college baseball. It's all behind the paywall of D1. So here I was three years ago, you know, I'm subscribed to D1, getting all the advanced analytics, kind of copying what uh, some of the other MLB, you know, handicapping sites are doing. And I'm like, okay, this is annoying going through different tabs. I'm just going to make like a sheet of paper for each team and put their stats in there, all their advanced stats and stuff too. And it turned into a, a little 10 page guide at first. And then year two, I got with a guy named Parker Fleming with college football graphs. He's an awesome economist, uh, like data nerd, love him to death. And he started giving me a lot of like great graphics and stuff to put in with it. And it all had win probabilities. And when we were down to the field of eight before the college world series last year, all of his numbers had, Ole Miss is the highest win probability yet they were I think the biggest dog in the field so I helped a lot of people cash that Ole Miss and lo and behold this year it is Wake Forest that's got his highest win probability so we'll see but uh yeah it's it's just something I'm very passionate about I get to I get to do some marketing and get to nerd out over some numbers and and just put it all out there for people so that they can use one resource to help them handicap all the way through every single game, every matchup, all the way to the college world series championship series.
0: Yeah. And I think a super underrated thing in this guide here is, uh, people can talk about teams all they want. They can pull up team stats. Uh, it's not that hard to, uh, kind of pull up, uh, some, some of those and be able to drop them whenever, but, being knowledgeable about players and being able to talk about some of their stats. I think it's really, it's extremely hard to find even more of uh, some of those. So walk us through kind of what is on here, what people can view um, and kind of the more important stats that you look forward to or look toward to when you're handicapping baseball.
1: So I guess the biggest thing for like a team hitting, you've got WOBA and walks, runs created plus The average is 100. So you can look at that, kind of tell, okay, well, this team, like Virginia, is at 130, Florida is at 122. So I would tell you, Virginia gets on base a lot better. Virginia had the best batting average. And I think they led the the league in doubles this year. So in a field like Charles Schwab, you know, getting on base is crucial for building a lead. And then you want to look at bullpen starting pitchers. How are they performing? How are they performing lately? Uh, which that was one thing that I've kind of relied on you for because you're really good about looking at, at the last three, last four appearances or starts. So I think just any information that you can get and pull together. I like to average ERA, XFIP, and Sierra. I've kind of developed that into its own, I call it EXS, uh, just because XFIP is kind of the luck factor. Sierra is like the true talent of the pitcher. So maybe a guy has a four ERA, but his Sierra is like 1.5. That just means he's not performing to what he should be. Uh, So I take an average of those three, and I feel like that allows me to better hone in on, all right, what's the actual talent level of this pitcher? What is he capable of when he's on? And you look like a a guy like Brandon Sproat tonight who played really well. His stats wouldn't – jump off the page if you just looked at it he's got a 469 era 462 xfip but his sierra is below three so that tells you like he's got the stuff to perform it's whether or not he will Hurston Waldrop same thing 415 era but his sierra is 252 so like when you can really focus in on all right what is what's the truth behind these numbers you you're Better off being able to handicap. All right, well, this is a big moment. Big big players make big time plays. Let's go with what we know, and you know, tonight it it worked out with Florida, even though Virginia had a slight edge in both their relief pitching and starting pitching. But the guys would tell you, I mean, behind Nick Parker and his Sierra, uh, Brandon Sproat was actually better in that. So. It the numbers usually don't lie. That's I, I think Gil Alexander on vsin says it best when he says your eyes will, will tell you one game and analytics tell you every game. So I always fall back to the numbers.
0: Yeah, I tried my best here to work it on the fly, Um, so now that didn't work on YouTube, so I'm just going to pop it up over our faces here while I get one more answer out of you. So you tweeted this out just a couple of minutes ago, uh, previewing the UVA and TCU game on uh, Sunday, and originally I had you guys scheduled, you and your uh, co-host Quentin Mills, uh, to come on and talk about his Florida Gators uh, and preview some of those games for Sunday here. But uh, the winners, the losers' bracket game here between Virginia and TCU, this is just a sneak peek from it that he tweeted out. Um, there was an interesting stat or interesting record in the Super Regionals when it came down to the stat that you created, correct? On the record which... of the teams that won, I think it was the first game, right?
1: I'm not sure I'm following. Oh, you. Shit.
0: Well, I, I thought there was a, a record that you said uh, there was some team uh, in the regionals when you bet on the team that had the best uh, stat that you created of all the pitching stats. You oh, it yes. was like 11, 11 and five in predicting the regional winner.
1: Correct? Yes, it was. I it was either Sorry twelve I explained and four. that
0: incorrectly and
1: screwed you no, up. No, 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 no. You're good. I. Yeah, I was thinking we were talking about TCU Virginia in that tweet, but um, no,
0: I just wanted to display it that way people knew. Yeah, so if you
1: just if yeah, that's what it was. So if you just blindly went in and and looked at the pitching data behind the EXS average and bet the team that had the best EXS average across their entire pitching staff, you would have gone twelve and four. If you would have bet either the regional future on them or just game to game, you would have came out ahead because. 12-4, 12-4, and four, and I think the only two that didn't sweep were or- Oral Roberts and um, Virginia.
0: And, guys, I mean, it was it was free money. Uh, CollegeBaseballInsiders.com, you can download it for free. Uh, Grissom did great work, and he was tweeting out at, like, 2 in the morning, so you know he was probably up working on that as well, I'm sure, correct?
1: Yeah, you can yeah. see the dark circles under my eyes. I've had him for, like, four weeks straight doing college baseball.
0: Let's go. But- so.
1: I mean, so you're going to be using that as we
0: talk about some of the games today. Uh, again, download that for free uh, at collegebaseballinsiders.com. Uh, today's, or technically Sunday's game, or Saturday's games, I'm all screwed up because we're recording this overlapping midnight here. By the way, happy birthday to Grissom. It, it's his uh, birthday on very June much. 17th. I don't know. It, you're actually central time. So it's yeah, 11 I'm central, for you. So I
1: got, I got yeah. 43 minutes.
0: All right. So game one. Is I, I can tell you we're not going to go over the midnight hour for central time, so happy birthday from us here at the college experience. Uh, game one on Saturday is Stanford and Wake Forest, and I'll just kind of tee it up with uh some of the pitchers here, and then we can get your opinion on the game for Stanford. While I was writing my article yesterday for sportsgamblingpodcast.com, I watched all of the opening day press conferences just headed out in the background. And David Esker said that, you know, he wanted to see how his guy, Qu- Quinn Matthews, was feeling. Physically, him as the starter here, I project him to start. I don't think we're going to see Joey Dixon. However, he did say that Dixon would be the backup. Matthews this season is 10-4 and four with a 360 ERA, 152 strikeouts, 39 walks, and 120 innings. He has a 225 ERA in his last Three NCAA tournament games, and Wake Forest. Tom Walter, Wake Forest's head coach, confirmed that Rhett Louder would start this game, and that's a surprise to nobody. But uh, he did add that he wouldn't be afraid to use Seth Keener and Shul- Sean Sullivan out of the pen early. Uh, so for the Deeks, I-, I mean, on the year, both of those guys had been mixed in as starters and absolutely dominant. This pitching staff is super deep, but. When Rhett Lauder is 15 and 0, I don't know what early defini- uh, what the definition of early is. Is it the sixth inning? Is it the seventh? Or is it the ninth as the closer? But Louder, he's 15 and 0 on the year with a 192 ERA, 131 strikeouts, 20 walks in 108 innings pitched. Louder has a 249 ERA over his last four starts, and he's looked somewhat human during that stretch compared to a season long 192 on the game. Um uh, we were talking about this early on in the week. This line has jumped up significantly from when it opened. Wake Forest is now minus 250 on the money line. Stanford plus 200. Total set at 11 with the under minus 120. And Wake Forest minus 1.5 is minus 150. Stanford plus one 1.5 is plus 120. Grissom, how are you div- divvying this game up here?
1: So I still don't think the that taking the under and the – the run line on the dog is a bad play. And especially if Quinn Matthews goes, I feel like he's got, he's got to. You look at Luke Coleman, a lefty for Alabama, he did pretty well at taming Wake Forest offense. They won that game five to four. So if Quinn Matthews can emulate Luke Coleman and they keep it low scoring, which I think they will – I think the under is a play. You've lost the hook. I think I got it at 11 and a half last night. Uh, yeah. Now it's juiced to the under 11. But what I don't understand is the line is dropping like Quinn Matthews is the, the total. I should say the total is dropping like it's going to be Quinn Matthews. But that money line for Stanford hasn't. And I think I mean, I I've got too much exposure on Wake Forest to lay the money on stanford plus 200 i don't think it's a bad bet if you don't have a dog in the fight but i like stanford plus one and a half i think you're going to see a lot of tight games and when we saw it today six five in both games i just think the talent level and the nerves of the players is is too close to measure right now especially in all these game one games it, it and then we'll talk about tennessee and lsu but you just you really want to win that game one and so you you pitch your best guys and it's it's not been great for the best hitters i mean the best hitters have kind of struggled so far to kind of find their groove florida obviously came on late but uh you had jonah cox for oral roberts they get the win but i think he his hit streak stopped at like 43 games or something on the year so I, it has a way of kind of slowing down even the best hitters in the game. So I, I really like Stanford plus one and a half to keep it tight.
0: Yeah, it's that combo of big park and big time pitchers. Because in both games, we saw it, the starting pitchers held the offenses down. And as they got into the pens, they started scoring. And I think that's how this game's going to play out if Quinn Matthews goes deep. I think that's the huge question on the Stanford pitching staff is – What is behind Matthews? Because against Texas, the answer was not much. And I think that kind of was the reason why Matthews didn't want to come out of the game. It was also in the back of his head, back of his mind that, hey, this team, our our pen, we just gave up a three-run lead in the ninth inning the day before. I need to go out and do my best job to not put any uh, wear and tear on the bullpen than they need because we're going to need all of them tomorrow to try to piece together a win. I think that's going to be the same way that we have to look at it with Wake Forest because Wake Forest hasn't faced a quality pitcher like Quinn Matthews in quite some time. Uh, I went on your show earlier this week and we talked about it. It goes back to like NC State middle of May uh, when they saw a quality starting pitchers, let alone a quality lefty. They saw Luke Holman, who entered the season as Alabama's third best starting pitcher. And that game finished five, four. And then against NC state, they had their hands full. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this wake forest offense shows up in the big park. I don't think that's going to be an issue because when they make contact the balls, they fly far. Uh, they're not wall scrapers at their shoebox of a ballpark. Uh, they're 350 foot bombs. Um, my pick has not changed since we previewed the show uh, previewed the games on the show on Wednesday. I think Wake Forest wins the game. However, I think you nailed the handicap. We think that Matthews is pitching here. The total for one was set at 11 and a half. And if you get a Matthews typical Matthews start going seven, eight, nine innings and you get a Rhett louder, typical start, that's an under. And we've seen that creep down. It's now 11. And I think more people are going to hit that when Matthews gets confirmed as the starter. I think that's the play as of right now for tonight. And honestly, I have Wake Forest money line. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to middle this thing. I like Stanford plus one and a half. Like you mentioned, I think that all these games, the talent on Stanford's lineup is quite even to Wake Forest, what they've got. And when they've got their dog on the mound and Quinn Matthews, their ace, he's going to keep them in this game. I think the plus one and a half could be a great middle if you have a Wake Forest money line.
1: Yeah, and I was fortunate enough to bet this early. I got Wake minus two ten. I think it's gotten priced up. It's like yeah. two fifty now. But I had Wake yeah, early too. I, I just I think Wake will ultimately pull away once they get to Stanford's pen. And I don't know. Stanford kind of struggles at times. It kind of depends on if Alberto Rios and Tommy Troy are hitting. Uh, Braden Montgomery is another guy that, you know, he, he can put it out there. But I think Wake, if if they can get Quinn Matthews out by the seventh or eighth, I think that's when they could pull away, maybe kill the Stanford plus one-and-a-half bet. But I think at the end of the day, you've got to look at value. And plus 120 on a one-and-a-half run line with an elite lefty, I, I would take Quinn Matthews. Yeah, and –
0: I said it on the show too. Like last year I learned we're, we're not betting. It's tough to bet prices when this is the only thing going right now, the prices are going to be really tight and you're going to have to lay some juice if you want to win. If you're going to get out in front of something here, like we're telling you that, I mean, Stanford is probably going to move when Matthews gets announced. If that's, how you want to play it because you don't want to lay with the wake forest juice on the money line or the run line is minus minus one hundred and fifty. That's that's where you're going to need to go is probably a Stanford plus one and a half right now tonight or in the morning prior to the announcement. Um, Shout out to the chat. It's absolutely rolling right now. We got some of the TCE legends and GBO farms in here. Moneyline, Ed lucky nugget, Shane Vendrell, Richard Sims, Ryan hasty, tier Nun 31 and Jake Paquin. Shout out to Jake. Uh, he's the merch guy. Check out the SGPN store. Uh, he does great work over there with us. Now we jump into the second game on Saturday night. It's the big one, the marquee matchup of the first round, the opening round in the College World Series. It's Tennessee and LSU. Now, uh, I think I think the big question prior to uh, kind of press conferences was, who's going to pitch for Tennessee? And Vitello was asked that, their head coach. And he confirmed that they're going to run out Andrew Lindsay again. He, uh, over Chase Dolander, who's kind of looked a little bit better uh, as of late. And Dolander is the big hot shot MLB prospect. Lindsay was the guy that earned the top spot that Friday night roll. Uh, this season, Lindsay is 3-3 three and three with a 279 ERA, 69 strikeouts, 18 walks, and 67.2 innings. Lindsay has a 409 ERA in his two NCAA tournament starts. It's a 240 year uh, array over the season. So uh, over, over the last five, not over the season, sorry. So uh, if you want to narrow it down to the most pressure packed starts for Lindsay, the two NCA tournament starts, it's a 409. It's still good in college baseball. Uh, anything over uh, anything under five is good, anything under four is great and anything under three is elite in college baseball. If you're new to it, I know NBA has ended, uh, NHL has ended. The College World Series is on ESPN. We're going to get more eyes. I feel like I I need to remind myself to run through some of these stats that it's not MLB. Uh, These are amateur baseball players. It's a little bit more level all the way around. And for LSU, uh, nobody even asked during this press conference who was going to start uh, to Jay Johnson. But – We all expect it's going to be Paul Skeens. I I don't even know if you need confirmation there. Paul Skeens is 12-2 and with a 177 ERA, 188 strikeouts, 18 walks, and 107 innings. And his ERA in his last four starts is 198. So the lines on this game, LSU's minus 220. Tennessee plus 180 on the money line. Total set at 9, minus 1.5 on LSU's minus 120, plus 1.5 on Tennessee's minus 110. Grissom. How do you separate the two teams here?
1: Uh, I completely agree with GBO Farms. Tennessee got a dog shit draw. <laughs> but I'll I'll follow up that up with, I think they're going to see LSU again. They're going to have Drew Beam. LSU is going to have Riley Cooper. So advantage Tennessee. I think you'll be just fine. I, I have said for the last week on every show, I think Tennessee is the best team that could lose game one and come all the way back and win it. So I, I think there's a lot of value on Tennessee. I don't think there's a lot of value betting Tennessee in this game. <laughs> I actually took LSU for two units, and then I even got cute late LSU minus one and a half later for a half unit. But I, I could see this game going skeins seven, eight innings and then just shutting the door. I, they they played earlier in the year. It was Dolander versus Skeens. I think Skeens did really well. Dolander had four and a half. I think half there was a late error games. that
0: cost them in that game. I think they lost five to three. Losing yeah, that five one.
1: It was tight.
0: Five two. Yeah, five. I think they had a three run eighth or a three of three run ninth, if memory serves me correct. For LSU,
1: yeah, LSU pulled away. Uh, Delander gave up two earned runs in that one. I just I don't know. I I like Lindsey. I think he's earned the right to start. Skeens had 12 Ks in that game and yeah. I I just I don't see enough in Tennessee's batting order to be able to hit Paul Skeens in this game. Yeah, so when I you mean, look at this could, this go could ahead. get I mean, I'm going to say it's going to get ugly, but I mean ugly in Omaha is like a 6-2. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean just
0: get shut out and you lose like Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just. Uh, how do you back the? The craziest thing for me is Paul Skeen Sierra. It was negative at one point this season. It's .3 right now. Like that's that is unheard of. It's not. Uh, I
0: I I I took LSU earlier on in this week on the first show that we did, and I said that LSU minus one and a half would also be a play, uh, and you have both there, and I've jumped on. I jumped on the LSU line when it opened the minus one and a half a little bit later in the week. Exactly how you explained it, and I'm the the totals now speaking to me. I kind of like the under as well. Uh,
1: when you look so at matchup, low, that's
0: such a low total. When you look at the matchup, you have the country's strikeout leader in Skeens going up against the lineup that's really really strikeout prone, and their runs that get created are off the long ball. And you know we've seen two in each game. I think maybe even uh we saw three no two in UF game and two in two from Oral Roberts in the TC three in three in the Oral Roberts TCU game um so we've seen five in the first two games most of uh the action on the bases I think is going to be from the LSU side. I think that Tennessee's runs are going to be from a solo or a two run shot if they get any off of schemes and or the pen behind them because Jay Johnson, he's he's been here with Arizona before Uh, kind of the strategy and something that I, I don't know if solely got a ton of credit for in the in the Florida game. He brought out Brandon Neely, their closer, when they were down by three runs, just to try try to keep that thing close because Cade Fisher had let it go in the the eighth inning there uh, or seventh inning. I think it was the seventh inning. And Fisher comes in and he just – or Neely comes in and he just holds the offense down, allows them to come back here. GBO Farms is asking about uh, Skeen's strikeout over. Is it an auto play? I would have to see the number. Uh, prior to betting it uh, see what yeah
1: what is what are you getting it at I was looking up my our bet Saracen in Arkansas they hung some they uh, have props yeah they have double they call it double R props so I got Paul Skeen's under 2.5 earned runs and over seven and a half strikeouts at plus 160
0: Yeah. Good Lord. I'd hammer
1: both solo.
0: Like I wouldn't, I don't know about hammering the under two and a half runs, but the under the over seven and a half strikeouts I think is a given.
1: So I think they're correlated that that's still, I mean, he's not going to 100% they're correlated. I like the
0: play, Uh, but love the over seven and a half there. I think he's had over seven and a half in like eight of his last 10,
1: they've also got the total at under nine and a half. So I, I just bet that for a half unit.
0: Yeah, I, I like that before point. Before I lose I, the hook. Because I, I think that Tennessee's staff is legit enough to hold LSU at bay. Uh, LSU, one of the better offenses in the country. But when you, you're going to run out Lindsay and if he gets into trouble early, expect to see – uh, Burns, if it's within two or three, and they're going to try to stretch a long reliever in there. I think you might see Burns, who has started some games in this in the past, or you see Halverson, who tried to uh, stretch out most of that game one in Southern Miss after the rain delay. Uh, that's what you're going to see from both of those uh, guys and their, their high 90s, wipeout slider, uh, good strikeout stuff. I, I think that this is a low-scoring game, and I think that LSU comes out on top. And that would probably be a little bit of a wide margin, considering that they're playing in Omaha. I think it's a low-scoring game, but by minus one and a half.
1: Yeah, I like it. Halverson Halverson pitched really well in that game against LSU too, because he yep. came in for a leaf for DoLander. I think he went the rest of the way four point okay. whatever innings. I'm pulling it up right now, but I uh, I like Tennessee to keep it low. I, I I say they get blown out, but I think LSU with stars in that lineup. I think if you can keep LSU from scoring more than five or six runs, I think you're you're going to be fine. One hundred under.
0: Yeah. So thank you very much, Grissom, for joining me here today. Uh, Kind of last second invite from me Uh, for the listeners' sake. I have planned out the entire week with guests to have on the show with me. Uh, I did last year. I think that this adds some spice to uh, the handicapping because my views kind of get repetitive. I mean, we're talking the same eight teams throughout the 10 days here. And when teams start to get eliminated, now you're talking about the same six, the same four teams in the same day or the next day's span. Um, So we've got guests lined up. Lucky enough for you guys, you're going to hear Grissom two nights in a row. Um, We're going to try to get Quentin Mills, his co-host, on with him, but he's currently in Omaha.
1: So yeah, he's we'll, celebrating a big Florida Gators win.
0: Yeah, we'll see if he has a voice one because I mean, amazing stuff today, and two, uh, we're not going to interrupt any fun that he's having in Omaha. So it might it might just be Grissom, but you know, you're getting Grissom again tomorrow. Uh, hasty in the chat, uh, oh, love to see it. Yeah, uh, go follow him. It's
1: it's simple. I won't be it's yawning. Cool. I won't be yawning tomorrow. I, it's been a day. So you won't
0: be you won't be yawning and you'll be filled with a, a, a little bit of extra juice, correct? Yeah, 35
1: is gonna hit me hard. In the good old Verlander 24 number, four minutes. Like yeah, there you go. I can run for president now. <laughs> <It's my laughs> there presidential we go. Birthday, <laughs> Every,
0: everybody vote Grissom. Go vote oh, him by hitting that follow button know. on Twitter. Uh, it's just Grissom tweets, correct? The last yep, name Grissom tweets.
1: tweets. He's trying to get Matt Grissom, but the guy, he's got like three followers, and he hadn't used his account since 11. So I uh, I need Elon Musk to give me that account, please. It's yeah, very we were, frustrating.
0: We were lucky enough that whoever held the handle for the college experience, kind of they let that go because we couldn't use the name, the college experience, for the longest time. And then all of a sudden uh, Twitter did their wipe, and what do you know? The, the name was available. So I feel your pain. Uh, it'll come around eventually if he's inactive enough, I think. Um, but, yeah, thanks again for being the, the late pinch hitter for us. And we appreciated the insight. And, yeah, everybody go check out collegebaseballinsiders.com to download that guide for free. It's going to help you win some money. Um, check out our picks page on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com It's got my picks. It's got Colby's picks. Even Sean and Kramer have added picks for the College World Series. All that's for free as well. Um, and SGPN in general is all free. you got the U.S. Open going on right now, the Golf Gambling Podcast. They're great people. Uh, Go support them and the rest of SGPN. Colby's doing 133 college football team previews for every college football team out there in the nation, Uh, and he's even doing some FCS mixed in there. Uh, Check out those. And with that, I bid you adieu. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios, amigos.